All right, welcome back to the Talk Truth podcast. My name is Chloe, and I have with me today my friend Ethan Martin. So when I first met Ethan, he told me that he worked at Salvation Army, but I actually believed that for about six months that he worked at Salvation Army, the thrift store. And I'm not knocking on um, thrift store workers, but he is actually a licensed mental health counselor uh, for Salvation Army in the state of Florida. And he's currently um, getting a doctorate in clinical psychology at Wheaton College. So, Ethan, thank you so much for joining me today. Of course, of course. Not the thrift store worker, Ethan, but... <laughs> <laughs> Not thrift store working. <laughs> so, Ethan, what is at the top of your Spotify on repeat playlist? Yeah, so um, I don't have Spotify. Um, I'm a millennial on the upper cusp of millennialism. And um, so Spotify was not really anything that uh, was around when I was younger. It's kind of uh, maybe a more relatively new thing. Um, So it's not really like something that I do. However, I do listen to music occasionally. And um, so I use Apple Music. It's just simple. It goes with all of my Apple products. And um, I listen, probably the one thing that's really hitting me right now is a song called The Father's House by Corey Asbury. Ooh, I like that Um, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really like doing good things for my spirit right now. So (laughs) um, it's one that I I kind of keep my uh, playlist on shuffle, but when it comes up, I'm like, oh, this is good. This is good. That's a good pick. I need this. Yeah. All right, so today we're going to be working through a question that I got from a listener, and I get this pretty often, and I think that it's something that comes up within um, Christianity a lot. And the question is, can I lose my salvation? And the short, biblical, joyous answer is no. You cannot lose your salvation, praise God. Um, But to look at this question and answer it, biblically, we have to take into account the entire message of the Bible. We cannot just look at one passage and take that passage and say, well, I read uh, 1 John chapter 2, and so it gives me a no. I'm going to settle with that answer. No, we have to look at who the, the God that has been always and forever the same in the Old Testament and the New Testament and today and know that that answer is no, but back it up with different pieces of the Bible, the whole Bible. The first thing that I want to point out is in 1 John 5, 11, uh, God has given us eternal life. It says, and this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. So eternal life means that you literally will not die. And so if God removes his spirit from you and revokes your gift of eternal life, that's breaking a promise that was given to you by God. And as Titus 1-2 says, in hope of eternal life, which God who never lies promised before the ages begun. So he doesn't lie, therefore he will not revoke the promise. Yeah, that's, that's, um, really poignant for us too i think it's very um i think it's very important to really focus on the the answer no before we kind of do the outworkings of the answer no and the one thing that i really like about uh the whole book of first john and 
and that we're not just focusing on one particular part of First John as we could, um, is that it's it's really more comprehensive as we look at this um, the no uh, how we cannot lose our salvation. First John really gives us some some practical and pragmatic ways of how that looks in our faith journeys. How do we know that we are not losing our salvation? How do we know that we have that eternal security of salvation? And First John actually talks about it all throughout the course of, of the, um, the book. And so that's one of the things that I particularly like about First John. All throughout the entire book, it mentions if this is how you know you're in him, this is how you know you're in him, this is how you know you're in him, this is how you know you're in him. And you can almost take a, a bullet, pro- bullet point list of how we know that we are in him so that we cannot lose our salvation. Yeah. I think the devil definitely wants us to question what is given to us by the Holy Spirit. And the way that we do question that is by not being in the word. I mean, if you go back to... Um, the fall in in Genesis 3, the devil asks Eve, did God really say? And when he says, did God really say, he's he's getting her to question what is in his word so that she questions the character of God. When we question God's word, we question his goodness, we question his character. And so if we're not in the word, if we aren't looking at the whole word comprehensively, then like the devil wants us to, we will forget his goodness, his faithfulness to see us through to the end. God definitely has promises for those that he calls. I mean, even Jesus calling Lazarus out of the grave in John 11, he called his name, Lazarus, come out. And that call generated his life. Romans 8.30 says, and those whom he predestined, he also called. So there's a whole domino effect of of promises for those who are predestined, which is the same as being called. And those whom he called, he also justified. To be justified means to be made right before God. And those he justified, he also glorified. So that word glorified is solidifying our salvation. It's confirming what God has promised us. And to be glorified, it also means that you have become a new creation. And so whoever God calls, he has made a new creation. Second Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And so if God has promised you that you will become a new creation, a new creation doesn't go back to his old ways of being dead in sin, like Ephesians 2 1 says. And so we can trust that he is faithful to hold his children without fail, completely independent of our backsliding or of our failures. Yeah, I think um I I love the I love the the idea of calling. And um one of the things that stuck out to me um most about first John was this this theme of family, this mm-hmm. this familial motif that goes on in here. Um, specifically, First John chapter 3, it says, See what great love the Father lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Um, when we are called, we become adopted into the family of God. Um, we are, when we believe we are adopted into that family. And so when he calls us to be in the family, 
um, there's nothing that can detract from that. There's nothing that can take that away. There's no like divorce that happens in the family of God. There's no, um, there's no cutting off of people in the family of God. And even with the, the prodigal story, the, the story of the prodigal son, um, the son never stopped being that man's son just because he was out living his life for himself. Yeah. There was never a time where um, even, even he took the inheritance, right? He took the inheritance, but he never stopped being the father's son. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I, I, I love that story because it shows us that once we're in the family of God, there is not a single thing that we can do yeah. that, will, um, that will keep us from being a part of the family of God. Yeah. I mean, that's like in the Bible when Jesus is asked, teacher, what do I do to inherit eternal life? That's a flawed question because you can't do anything to earn any kind of inheritance. And inheritance is simply given to you because you have been made a child. I used Mm -hmm. to be a caretaker for an elderly woman and um, I did a lot of things for her. I took her to her appointments. I um, made dinner for her. I cleaned. I, you know, I did what caretakers do. Um, but she has grandchildren and she has a family that deserve her inheritance. I couldn't do anything to earn any kind of inheritance from her when she does pass someday. It, it's just different. Like when you're a child, you earn the inheritance because of who you are in relation to the the father. Right, right. And first John paints it so beautifully too because it it talks about how we can know we're in the family of God. Yeah. And then talks about the the beneficial byproducts of being in the family of God. So first John actually gives us ways to know and tells us like how we can how we can benefit, which of course that's not the reason that we're we're in it. Um, in the family of God. That's not why we choose, but that there are benefits to it. Eternal life being one of the greatest benefits of, um, of being in the family of God. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I think First John is really quite applicable to a believer's life. Yeah. There are warning passages in the book of Hebrews that warn believers of what might happen if they fall away. But as Tom Schreiner from Southern Baptist Theological Seminary says, the warning is the means by which the promise comes to pass. And so we see that character trait of God in the book of Acts when Paul receives a promise from God that he would be seen through to the end. And so he is on a ship and the water is really, really bad. He knows that it's going to be a really big storm and the people were fearful, but he reminded them of the promise that he had received from God. And now I advise you to keep up your courage for there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship will be lost. He also goes on to warn them that unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved because he thought that the people were going to jump out of the boat because the storm got so bad. And so the soldiers then cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go. But at the end of the story, everyone is saved. No one dies and the promise that they would be okay and that they would be seen through to the end has been fulfilled. And so I quote him again, the warning is 
the means by which the promise comes to pass. So if you come across these warnings in the book of Hebrews, or if you see warnings of falling away in the Bible, the warnings are there to execute the promise coming to pass. Hebrews 3.14 assures us, for we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. If you are trying to find out if you are truly, truly, truly saved, there are answers in the book of 1 John that assure us of our salvation in Christ. So Ethan, can you share those with us? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, just looking through through 1 John, um, it, it goes through it, and it, it actually repeats itself several times throughout the um, entire book. Um, but I can just go through some of the themes. The first one that we see uh, generally is walking in light versus walking in darkness. We know that we're in the family of God if we're walking in the light, if we're, if we're um, doing righteous things, if we're following God versus walking in the darkness. Um, the next one that they, that they talk about is following God's commands. Um, this is how we know we're in the family of God, if we follow his commands versus not following his commands. Mm-hmm. And I think specifically what this is referring to is um, the, the greatest command. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Those two commands, following those, are extremely important. And he talks about it all through First John. Um, and not only that, but how does that look in our lives? It, it talks, it even gives bullet points on how that looks. Like, this is how we're supposed to do it. If a brother is in need and we don't help them out, do we really have love? Are we really loving our neighbor? Yeah. So it talks specifically about loving in action, like doing love, not yeah. just saying we love someone. Love is a verb. Showing. Yeah. That's right. Love is a verb. It's an action. It's not just a, a state of being. It yeah. is an action. Um, loving the world or the things in it really disqualifies us from being in the family of God. And so we have to really be aware of the things in this world that we're attached to and the things that we look to for meaning or fulfillment um, loving the things of this world means that the Father is not in us. Yeah. Um, who, people who do what is right, righteous living, living, living well, living in accordance with the commands of God versus continuing to sin. There's a couple passages in First John that talk about if you continue to live in sin, there's probably a good indication that you are not of the family of God. Um, unrepentant, continual sin is a clear benchmark of disqualifying someone from the family of God. Um, It also talks about the Spirit, having the Spirit, um, the Holy Spirit, being indwelled with the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit actually gives us the ability to understand and know biblical truths at a deeper level. Um, And so we can know these things by the Spirit. The Spirit can attest to our um, adoption into the family of God. And then um, last but certainly not least, um, it it says that people who believe that Jesus is the Christ born of God. And so we definitely have um, all back to the gospel presentation, right? Like Jesus, Jesus is the son of God come to earth to forgive us of our sins. He died on the cross to, um, to cleanse us from all of our sins. 
and resurrected in three days to show us that he actually overcame our sins. And for those of us who believe in him, confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins so that we may have eternal life. Yeah. If you are listening to this podcast and you have never read through the book of 1 John before, I strongly, strongly suggest I'm watching a Bible project video there on YouTube. You can just um, look up the Bible project and type in First John and it's a quick little video and it will give the background on, on the passages themselves. So it's always good to have a deep context so that you can understand the content on the pages and apply it to your life. If you are really wondering if you are truly saved, I would encourage you to analyze your heart since you started following Christ. Just like Lazarus was called out of the grave, there is a regeneration in our hearts. If you don't see a newness in your heart, if you don't see um, a change in your heart since you began to follow Christ, then that's probably a warning sign. Um, Ask yourself these two questions based out of 1 John. Do you hate your sin and do you desire to know Christ? If you desire to know Christ, you know that your sin keeps you from him. And so it's a really good starting point to ask yourself, do you desire to know him? And do you, do you hate your sin that keeps you from him? And so thank you, Ethan, so much for joining me today on Talk Truth. Um, if you are a listener and you have a question for Talk Truth, log on to talktruth.space and click on ask a question or direct message Talk Truth podcast on Instagram. Thank you for listening and remember to talk truth.